Hey out there, welcome to Metaverse Discussion Number 2, a brief recap and reflection on the second half of the first season of Masks and Mayhem. Hey guys, how are we feeling? I'm dead on the inside, honestly. <laughs> we did just finish, we just finished uh, recording the finale episode, so if anyone's coming here after that, you may know uh, why. <sighs> what a fucking day. I punched a man, and then I punched another man, and you won't believe what I did after that. <laughs> I feel like uh, us two had a bit of a better day than uh, our little boy Laserhawk here. I mean, did we? <laughs> well, I mean, my um, day wasn't too terrible. Y'all are the one that had the emotional drama happening. So, before we get too deep into that, uh, let's start looking back. The uh, episode or the emotional trauma? <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit okay. of column A, a little bit column B. Uh, we ended the last Metaverse discussion talking about episode, or talking about chapter 19 uh, on Both Your Houses, part four, which is which was Myra's last episode. And so we're kind of picking up from there with chapter 20 to start with. Uh, so 20, 21, and 22 was the History Has Its Eyes on You arc. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have to say that that was my favorite arc that I was involved in. Yeah, you were just in the background the whole time, just off screen. Yeah, you know, I was I was the cameraman actually. That was um, uh history has its eyes on you was uh when we met uh don't you dare tell me. Um Raina Morris. Correct. That's when yeah. you're at okay. Raina Morris and her bodyguard Wilhelm, Wilhelm Jensen. Jensen. Raina Morris him. former former space cadet cast member turned yeah. ambassador. I did love that you brought in space cadet. <laughs> I love that I've created this own little world. I don't yeah, know. I don't think I've. World. I'll mention it here because I, in my my head, Ruby's theme that we've made is the Space Cadet theme song, which I assume is going to be playing in the background here because I made a fucking banger for that. Yeah, we might be able to play that a little bit. Oops, Maybe it'd be oops, fun. Oops, oops. But yeah, the the crux of that episode or that that arc was Reyna was being targeted for assassination before a big vote to help Atlantis get into the UN uh, and be recognized, and it ended up being that she was being. Uh, it ended up that she was being targeted uh, by, uh, well, not what we now know as Black Crystal, but Adrian Hughes. Um, not a huge fan of Adrian. I'll be not honest. A, not a Hughes fan. <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, well. From what you remember of that episode, what you know, any other thoughts about that particular arc that stood out? And there were, like, fun twists with, like, people betraying us and yeah, then people being, really like, mind-controlled and stuff. Yeah, there was the assassinate. There was a couple different assassination attempts, and uh, mm-hmm. and also, yeah, yeah, you had the people being mind controlled. I think Lewis yeah. took a shot at y'all. It was very espionage esque. Yeah, you know what? Lewis has been around for all this stuff. Lewis probably needs some therapy too. And a pay raise. Lewis is fine. Lewis has been doing things long before you came on the scene. Because he's been in this for so long, he probably needs therapy more. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He probably has a really good repertoire with his therapist. Or Lewis has a great therapist and he should be recommending it to Ruby. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Agent Kevin Lewis is uh, basically third in command at Echo Base. Uh, well, it depends on who's there at the time. So, like, basically he reports to whoever the head of Echo Base is. He's, like, a direct ma- he's a direct manager, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in terms of Union as a whole, he's, like, third level. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've been dealing with Agent Kevin Lewis for a while and then... Uh, after that was the last job arc. Which turned out to be Austin's last job? Mm-hmm. I, I guess I wish it was. Jesus. Yeah, that was kind of your opportunity to deal with like the Blue Cross gang a little more. 
um, who I haven't been seeing in a little bit, really. Yeah, they kind of fucked off whenever the big boys came into town. Also, that was your introduction to the Midnight Gang, as well as Laserhawk. Mm-hmm. I like that Laserhawk joined mid-combat. That was cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you guys had just been captured with your first... Uh, yeah, yep. and we were just like, okay, you're with us. Okay, well, yeah, he's not punching fire. us, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we kind of established really quickly about your rivalry with the Midnight Gang. Uh, and, like, that was, that was your driving force yeah. that brought you to Riverside. Yeah. I genuinely, as a side note, uh, now that the Midnight Gang has kind of been taken care of, I genuinely have no idea how the fuck I'm going to be playing Laserhawk from this point on. Yeah, your, your mission's kind of... Like, I just imagine, like, you know, at least for, like, the first arc, Laserhawk's probably just gonna be a shell of him, his former self, because... Like, who am when I you f- without this mission? Yeah, like, when you fulfill your revenge, you know, it doesn't change anything. The reason why you wanted revenge is still a factor. Now you're just a man without a mission. Fun fact, yeah. this podcast is actually about mental health. <laughs> Fun <laughs> Me- fact. Mental health, the role of law enforcement. Fun fact, you dig deep enough, any conversation with me is a conversation about mental health. Jesus Christ, I need a hug. We, originally, it was going to be the last job, part five, was going to be a re- reaction to uh, Hornet's death, because um, he died in part four, but uh, it just felt like such a different enough episode that we ended up renaming it The Long Night. Yeah, well, I came up with that one. Yeah. Because of something yeah. that Ruby said, to I think it was uh, to uh, Bethany, right? Yeah, because, yeah, like, you were just, like, on the phone with her, and it was just like, yeah, she's been, like, a really long night. There yeah, was I, one nice thing that came out of that episode, though. Bodega. Mm-hmm. Bodega, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, because at the end of that episode, that's when Rickard returns. What oh. the fuck am I- <laughs> Dogs will always trump men, sorry. Sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. That's just a fact. I was going to say, what the fuck am I chopped liver until I realized they sent the episode, not the arc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what's going to go. Yeah, we were was- talking about your dog. Uh, you right, but, you know, it's nice knowing that you guys come over to see me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, totally, that's what we, we see do. you all the time. Was... When we go into the hut, usually you see both We fight together. crime together. I don't think that we've ever established us really kicking it outside, except for the one did... time that we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was saying, that dinner was pretty fucking good. I invite you to Jack's bar all the time, and now we had needed, you know, a new crew that does not involve Sloan Matthews. Yeah. And Bethany and Sloan's, like, little friendship there. Done. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment, Over. I think. <laughs> Over. The last job slash the long night really did kind of not only kick us off to Laserhawk joining, but it did, like, it was a send-off for Hornet. It was an introduction for Bodega. Like, Bodega was just a one-off joke uh, that I made about uh, Hornet having a dog. Like, when we first, like, literally one of the first lines that Ruby suggested that he gets a vet or gets a doctor instead of a vet. <laughs> you said something about like check in with a vet instead of trying to like patch your own wounds. Mm-hmm. At least it was something better. And he's like, I have a dog. I guess I can check, <laughs> check there. And it was like a one-off joke. And I don't think anybody remembered until I brought up Bodega. <laughs> I, yeah. And cause it's so correct me if I'm wrong. You always planned to kill Austin off. So you always, you gave a dog to a man you always knew was destined to die. So who's the real villain? So- <laughs> So actually, the dog was not a plan originally. When I created Horn, I imagined him very much as a stoic loner. Um, and like when you said that line, and I just like ad libbed having a dog. And when I was going back and planning for what happens after he dies, I was like, "Oh right, I said he has a dog, and now I have a roommate." And then yeah, not uh, after that, after the long night and the it came catac- the cataclysm arc, the introduction to Apocalypse Man. 
What a boner. Asshole. She uh, just called him a fucking boner. There's also a reconnection with former NPCs, Mo Hassan and Ruth Day. My girl. Yeah, I guess she could probably probably come out of hiding now. Yay! I need her to get a real instead of four jobs, start working at Union. We gotta get her in. Maybe does she do does she does she know construction people? Can she help her build the base? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what we're happens. Probably gonna need a janitor. She uh, just put her in charge. She would fucking rule over these people with a whip. We would have this sh- back to ship shape in three days. Yeah, Sloan would have Sloan would have never considered it. That dude from Extreme Home Makeover is gonna be like, "What the hell did this bitch do?" I can. It takes me a week. And then we had our, unless you guys have any thoughts about uh, the uh, Cataclysm arc, like the, you know the introduction with Apocalypse Man, and, I'm and still that not fight. fucking pleased. I got magnetized to the side of a goddamn. <laughs> that was probably van. my favorite part about it. <laughs> I think it's the first time I tried to hit someone with the van, right? Oh yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> yeah, but that was but, at the end of that. That was like the end of that last episode mm-hmm. of that arc. But I think it was also just uh, that was another one that I was proud of, where I had an idea for an event that could happen in an episode, and it ends up becoming a cliffhanger. Was the magnet thing? I thought that was going to happen like mid episode, but like things happened and took too long, and I was like, mm-hmm. we're going to end on the uh, on the magnet thing. Fucking magnets! How does this work? And then the next episode was our upgrade episode, House of Wolves, where you finally got a chance to really kick it with uh, with Ulrich Ivanson, aka uh, well, actually originally Night Beast, but I now love Bloodhound. Ulrich. I'm so glad we saved him. I don't know if you're gonna end up keeping in the audio bit in the finale episode, but I still love how, out of all the NPCs, the two that I'm probably the closest with our former villains yeah it is an like you, your villain you have a very strong opinion about your own villains but you are willing to uh foster other people's Ulrich was not a villain well Ulrich was introduced as a villain and it's because you guys were nice that rc was like okay fine you can have a dog <laughs> like you guys do i think that again i i just always think about Ulrich as being the prime example of how much impact you have directly on my idea of what an NPC will be. Hey, because originally he was just going to be like a reoccurring. Yeah, but to say, he was supposed to be a, like a one-off. You said right? No, he was going to be a reoccurring. Like he was just going to escape and maybe come back, and you know, or or Union would ask you to go to another town to try to capture him again. And then it said I was like, no, Fred. Yeah, and that episode then led right into. Oh yeah, you sent like the big bad of that episode, the feral one, uh, mm-hmm. off to Europe with Price. Now I'm suspicious of Price. I haven't heard from him in a while. Like, I'm suspicious of everyone in Union now. (laughs) No one is to be trusted. What? You thought there wasn't gonna be an ad? Hey there, I'm Brandon. You might recognize me as Pope Brandon Brownson, Laserhawk, or that seagull that stole your french fry on the beach. And boy howdy, have I got a banger of a product for you today. Did you know that I do music? Did you know that a lot of that music is on Spotify? Well, hot dog, let me tell you all about it. That's right, if you go to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube Music, Pandora, or even Deezer, whatever the hell that is, and look up Pope Brandon Brownson, you'll find music that will restore your faith in the Euro. Currently, I am waiting for my 34th album, Don't Tell Mom I'm High, to go live. Don't Tell Mom I'm High is a 10-track audio experience to revitalize the soul, including such bangers as Blue Dream, White Widow, Dick Dingers, 
2020 sucks, and Lemon Haze. You know you want to believe in the Euro again. Check out my music, it's straight fire. Oh, and uh, one more thing, I kinda didn't tell RC I was gonna do this, so let's keep it between us, dear viewers. Love y'all, back to the meta discussion. And that was the point when Beneath the Surface began, where you got to fight the uh, Atlantean Insurrectionists. Oh man, what a fucking episode. It was yeah. really cool um, to like see more of Yardak's thing, and it, it was fun to like have like repercussions from the fact that there was no time between the two episodes in game. Yeah, that and the Water Goliath was really cool. Oh, uh, one thing I do have to say about that arc is, um, I feel like before the Beneath the Surface arc, I was really second-guessing a lot of how I was doing Laserhawk, and I feel like that's the arc where I finally became comfortable as the character. Is there a particular scene that comes to mind about that? I mean, just the, uh, the final fight scene on top of the, uh, big old water tower thing before my backup got there was when I realized, like, okay, I'm playing this character how I wanted to, it's coming across the way I want it to, I am comfortable in this role. Yeah, it's just, I always imagined Laserhawk as uh, being the one guy to face down against all the villains while my friends are doing the real work, and being able to actually play out that scenario and have it fit as well as it did. You know, mm -hmm. that was kind of like the final, alright, I'm, I'm Laserhawk. I've got this <laughs> chip on my shoulder. Uh, and that led us up to After Hours Trading, which was a two-part arc which, uh, again, I always find fun that you, Rachel, I think it was you who asked me, like, where do I come up with my title ideas? Because, yeah, again, that one, like, I, I specifically made that a play on the fact that the opportunity costs and after hours trading or business term both dealt with Brigham. I, that, that was a fun way to bring Brigham back is that we were looking for somebody else. Well, it's also almost fun, too, because the first it was two separate episodes, two separate games that we played. And I said the name was after hours trading, but I don't we hadn't seen Brigham until partway into the next episode. So no one really questioned it, though, about why yeah. it was called that. Yeah, but to say, because the first episode, like, we didn't even get to him, even at the end, right? Right, right. It wasn't no. until, like, really yeah. the next episode. Because we still don't know where Bernard Allen is. <laughs> you don't. Make a note of that. We can come back to that next season. I liked him. He was a good guy. Uh, and I'm trying to think, yeah, Agent Allen Record came back, and... Oh, yeah, so that's funny. That leads right into the next episode was with Tired Eyes, Tired Minds, Chapter 37, where you got to watch the experiment with the jewel of boulevard and we got to have a little cameo from sama hell yeah yeah, yeah. that was really cool i still genuinely hope that at some point i'll be able to play a game with her as hyperact especially because like i had i don't know if you did but i had no idea that you were getting sama even like for like a little sound bite i was like pissing myself like with excitement the suit like because i was like wait a second did i hear Yo, yeah, yeah, I, I still, heard. I still love how the first time RC played it, we were all collectively like, wait, what the fuck was that? And then he plays it a second time, and we were all like kids in candy stores. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a fun thing that I, I, again, it was, it was also one of those things where I didn't originally have it planned. I was just like, they're gonna do this experiment, and I was like, what's gonna make the experiment special? Why would they want the, why would they want them to come watch necessarily? And I was, I was originally just gonna do it like, you know, oh, you see Myra, but I was like, if I can, I'm going to try to get Sama to, to do a little cameo here. Because I talked to Sama very regularly. Sama did not, like, give up that, that she had recorded nope. that to me. I, I I asked her not to. You sneaky motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted, you... I wanted some genuine surprise. Out of curiosity, like, how much, like, before the episode recorded? Like, did you record that with Sama? 
Oh, like a month. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. It was at least a month between when she recorded it. When It was at least like a month and a half, two months between when she recorded it when the episode came out. Yeah, and then end of Tired Eyes, Tired Minds. Uh, what was it? That was the one that ended. down. Yeah, well, that was. No, 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 no. So that was the one where. The flashbacks. Ended with, yeah, that was the end with the flashbacks and also with fighting with Midnight Hydra. Um, we got to which, see Laserhawk having a normal, healthy, pro- productive life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a total fucking degen yet. We got to meet Giuseppe, who should definitely come back in season two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, that's why I'm excited to do, like, transcripts and stuff, too, because, like, I want to have a really good record of, like, everything that happened can, and everyone. Can we meet up with him at, like, a marathon so we can see Giuseppe make Big Steppy? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> RC wasn't even the one that shut me down there. I mean, he did with his eyes, but... <laughs> Brandon, I've been meaning to talk. I just don't think the show is going in the same direction as Laserhawk anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's not you. We're just choosing to go in separate paths. I mean, hey, dude, I finished my arc. I'm fine. <laughs> You're not done yet. I have plans. So that led into Tired Souls We Slept, which was all about, like, trying to capture Minette Hydra, but ends up with betrayal. So, fuck Sloan. That's, that's now yeah. I can... He will stay away from Bethany. <laughs> so you always plan for Sloan to be an asshole? Yes, I, I'll, but I had not planned on him necessarily being close with, like, other... Like, I didn't plan on him and, and Bethany. Like, I think I mentioned that before. I did not plan on them being close. You guys reacted to them, like, chilling with each other, and you were like, oh, shipping it. And then I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. Immediately, we were like, yep, ship it like FedEx. So I also realized we never, I never gave you the episode for Chapter 40, the title. Oh, what is it? So Chapter 39 was When Bad Men Combine, and Chapter 40 is... The good must associate. Dissociate or associate? Associate. Okay, because I... But to say, I dissociate sometimes, I'm there. I was going to say, I think the only way that Ruby is getting through this is a whole lot of disassociation. Not healthy. Why needs therapy? The quote is, when bad men combine, the good must associate, else they fall one by one. An unpitied sacrifice in a contemptible struggle. Dark. What? (laughs) What is that from? Uh, That is a quote from uh, Edmund Burke. Who? Thoughts on the cause of the present discontents in two speeches on America. He was like a philosopher. Okay. Ah. But I, I always like that. When bad men combine, the good must associate. Uh, and it just seemed relevant to this situation. Yeah. I had that episode title like when we first started the, se- so the season. I, though I did think of something. So so all the people in that, in that basement could talk to each other? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we never really got to. Yeah, from day the- one, I said that was a bad fucking idea. <laughs> sorry, I realized we never got to address that. And I guess maybe we'll, we'll add an addendum or something. Uh, the reason they could was because specifically because of Sloan uh, interfering with the cuffs. Um, okay. Yeah, man, we, we actually we actually ended up skipping over this. Uh, Sloan messed with the cuffs and Adrian had taken a new formula of the pills that made her her powers permanent. Oh, and, mean, then that, and that so made her telepathic. Telepathic, so she could communicate with Because uh, I was going to ask, how did Ulrich not notice? They're like, by the way, they're planning some shit. No, 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 no. Yeah, they telepathically. So basically, those two planned it uh, and telepa- and basically telepathically, like, you know, made deals with everybody. Like, we know fair. why we know, we know know why Midnight Hydra and we know why um, Brigand were, were involved, but we never really got a chance to dig into anybody else. I mean, maybe we'll have, like, a... Sometime where we were like, so why were you involved? And I would just imagine something like Emily Hahn being like, I'm evil. I don't. 
Like, I mean, know, that's I like appreciate the... that answer. Like, if somebody is just like, no, I just want to fuck shit up. I'm like, you know what? I can respect that. Don't give me some convoluted bullshit to try to, like, justify your calls. If you want to fuck shit up, fuck it up. I, like, I'd be like, you know what? I might have to take you on, but I respect your stance. You don't understand. <laughs> he was going to give me Despacito 2 and Mama number 6. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I want to know, like, what are your thoughts looking back on the season? Although, I, wait, I have one more half. question. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Did Sloan ever actually like Space Cadet, or is he just trying to get close to us? <laughs> I think the answer to that is yes. <laughs> he liked it, but he also like, you know, wanted to find ways to get close to y'all. <laughs> actually, I would almost argue that it's like he he didn't want to find ways to be close to y'all. He did like you, but not enough to turn his back on on what he wanted. If I see him again, I will punch him again. Um. Yeah, uh, do you guys? I want to hear any thoughts you have on the season, in particular the second half, but even as a whole, like. How you, you know, how'd you feel about it? Well, I mean, I felt really underutilized through the first half of the season. Ha 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 ha. I know, you were just always off screen. We just could never get the framing right. Reminded me of that, that Boy Meets World uh, mm-hmm. joke where someone who show, hasn't been on the show in years shows up and they're like, where have you been? He went, over there. And he just points off, like, off the camera. And then he go, and they go, we don't go over there. And then he goes, hey, Mr. Turner, to a character that hasn't been on the show in like two years. But yeah, no, I like like I said, I want to know what your thoughts are on the season. I feel like um, we ended it in a good place because as the season progressed, things got more and more uh, fucked. Yes, Dicey? Y- yes, catastrophic, but like uh, more weight behind what they were and what they were happening. And like if it didn't end and then like the arc kind of resolve itself it would have like had like a jump the shark moment like it got like right to the point where it can still be good okay like you know what okay. i mean like i feel like I if we like shit got like, just crazy enough <laughs> yeah and i feel like it like with uh because i mean we have all the bad guys come together and like unless they fucking like conjoined into one super bad guy like there was no other real place to take it don't give them ideas we already had the water goliaths it kept the chaos where it needed to be, as opposed to just, like, mayhem for the sake of mayhem's sake. I was going to say, I also, I really like the, the way the uh, characters, like, grew as a team. Well, they seem pretty trusting of each other, and I like watching, like, I, I think in particular Ruby, who started off very, very fresh, very, very new, just, I think, has, like, more confident. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been a tough year. <laughs> yeah. But your movie's coming out next month. Yeah! Which we'll have to address that sometime and uh, address that then in the... Uh, it'll be what Ruby and their therapists are talking about in the beginning of season two. I do think, I was going to say, I do, you made me think about the fact that there is like, while I want the heroes to be heroic, there is definitely like, ev- every villain had like a moment of, not every villain, a lot of the villains had like a moment of horror involved. What do you mean? The water goliaths. Uh, Ulrich himself being like a very like scary character, um, uh, Adrian Hughes crushing a head. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like their one like really bad moment. Yeah, uh, apocalypse call horror. I call it Tuesday. Yeah, I'm saying like apocalypse Ser- man. Serena uh, making fake Teletubbies feel fear. Yeah, like <laughs> like there's always just like a little twist. Uh, Emily Han sticking her hand through somebody. Speaking of uh, Serena, I want more of Mira. So you, I feel yeah, like she's, Mira, a, she's a bad really bitch. Yeah. So you gotta see some ones over. Now I need to like start actually thinking like, okay, what am I gonna do for Laser Hawk villains for season two? I gotta come up with at least one cool idea. Oh yeah, we'll love to be about that. And I guess 
one of the last things I want to touch on is, do you guys have any questions about, you know, the greater universe of Masks and Mayhem or about other things that happen? Well, how well known is, like, Ruby at this point into, like, the greater world? Uh, I think as visual aid, you definitely have, I mean, because the internet exists, mm-hmm. you have some level of uh, notoriety. Uh, you're definitely more well known, like, regionally, like, yeah. in the New England area. Um, but again, like you have done things that have made the news and you're a superhero. So like you've been, you've been there. Do to I help have a stop. fan club? I imagine you have some kind of online, uh, group on the social network. Hmm. The social. Yeah. I've got a cult. No, oh, I don't no. think Laserhawk has a cult. Laserhawk. I think we did discuss at one point that Laserhawk at, at, at the peak of his heyday probably had like a burger joint named after him. Fucking right. <laughs> we definitely talked about this idea. Which the I original know. laser hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was called. I think we said the, like the laser hunt, and it was like one of those things. Like it was only around for like a year, and it was only like one location in Highwind. As it turns out, hamburgers that are cooked with lasers taste like shit. Oh. I don't even. Yeah. See, no. I was imagining it more like on the Flash. How the I don't remember the name of that coffee shop, but they have themed oh, yeah. drinks. Yeah. Well, I say, but yeah, exactly. I imagine like, but I do imagine like a picture of Laserhawk is used in like the logo. Can I get a uh, laser burger with a side of dead fiance? But how how well known is Ruby Lawson in the filmmaking scene? <laughs> or in the, uh, in the in independent the indie film filmmaking scene, scene uh, you're a, you're becoming a name. What about you, Yardek? What about you, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> you're just Yardek. I'm so happy. I'm not the only one who does that. I want more Yardamo time. Because if Ruby gets to stop face with record, then so do I. Um, <laughs> and not, not with record. record. <laughs> well, I mean, unless he's into it. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we and discovered that Ruby is monogamous. I'm sorry. Ruby is monogamous. She respects polyamory. Not her thing. <laughs> <laughs> and now we insert the clip of uh, Chris Fleming's Nobody is Polyamorous yeah. and You Want to Be Polyamorous. Um, it's usually the guy at the Verizon store who wears vests to parties. <laughs> uh, um, and two, uh, I want uh, Yarkaven, because Yarkaven is the king. I'm, I will get this correct. Yarkaven like, to finally... Huh? I'm so sure it's Yarkaven is the is the prince and Yarkaven is the king. I'm God so damn it. it. It is the one problem Should with I this. We need to. I do need to write out a list of these characters so I have it at reference. That's one thing that I want to do is not even just for like that, but I want like a dossier, basically. I want to like... Get them on each person. Like, sit with you at some point and, like, okay, this is, like, their yeah. character profile. And what you I about? mean, an easier solution would be uh, Yara people get some variety in their goddamn names. It's a cultural naming system. Yeah, well, it's confusing. Culture different. Uh, yeah, Yarkaven is the king. Yarkalen is the is the prince. Okay. Other than getting more time with Yardamil, I want Yarkalen to finally get to come to the surface like we were talking about previously. And then... Yeah quelling the insurrection in Atlantis because Atlantis needs to focus on commingling with surface issues and things of that nature more than the insular fighting in and of themselves. I also want to just make a, a, a reference point. I do think of Atlantis in a lot of ways like Bajor. Like who? Okay. Bajor from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It was like, oh. a, it's like a major running theme uh, that they, that about trying to get them set to be admitted to the Federation, but like things get in the way, like civil mm-hmm. war. <laughs> So yeah, um, a lot of ideas on where we can go on season two. Uh, yes, actually. Oh, that wasn't a question, but I am now. If you have, if that prompted ideas, I want them. 
Oh, uh, more work Ruby with need, Ruby huh? needs therapy. Well, yes. Um, in the notes. I feel like that's how we should start season two. First of all, is just Ruby is in a therapy session and basically like, oh, yeah. like no. When I said when I said it earlier, I wasn't joking. That's legit. How yeah. we should oh, start like, season and two like, yeah. and like use Again. it as like a recap. And then because we can by doing that, we can get like the time jump where Ruby gives like a quick synopsis, and then with like if we like kind of give you a few prompts, you can like say that this thing happened, and then we can always go like have an episode where we go back to that event. RC, I really want to work with you on space because Ruby's an alien, so clearly space. I have so many good ideas for like my superhero universe's space that I'm never gonna get to fucking use because none of my friends like superheroes enough to do something like this. Well, not that you guys aren't my friend. You know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Also for season two, because we got the UN situated with Raina Morris in France, I believe it was that you can. It's fine. You also you, basically you got the you got enough votes to have the majority of getting considered. And so then I want potentially. Um, like different conflicts from there to like make its way over here because we are now like they're like oh because of them this happened or x y and z and like sure sure you know make riverside more integral to the whole world as opposed to feeling like it's mm -hmm. just riverside city that has consequences yeah no yeah they, they assassinate the archduke yar ferdinand god i quit <laughs> That was it. This was my last episode. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Cause I was just rewatching Down Abbey Season One with somebody because they make all those kind of references because the end of Down Abbey Season One is the beginning of World War One. Yeah. Um well I think that's a great note to end this metaverse discussion on. Final thoughts? Really good historical yep. joke, RC. I appreciated that. That's my final thought. Wait, no, this is my final thought, but Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Well, I, I really like playing this game. This is really fun. All right. I just wanted to be clear that she's not like being held hostage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it, folks. There's so much more trauma to come in season two. It really is fun for Rachel. Not as fun for Ruby. Dan, final thought. Water Goliaths scare me and they're hard to fight. And <laughs> things got bad and they went boom, but we survived. And uh, season two, if it's any worse than season one, makes me scared. I well, preemptively shit my pants. Yeah. That's a free action. Um. <laughs> Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. This podcast is written, produced, and tenderly loved by the always handsome R.C. Byler. You can leave us a review on podchaser.com if you want to give us some feedback on the show. Your review might even be read out on a future episode. Masks and Mayhem is a member of the New England Podcast Consortium. Other members can be found at newenglandpodcasts.com. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our official branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Club Road Music, with additional tracks by your boy, Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Thank you all so much for listening to Season 1. We will see all of your beautiful faces again in Season 2.